overture, bend the lights. <laughs> this is it. We hit the heights. Who knows what heights will hit? On with, with the, the show, show this, this is it. it. There you go. Man, you just brought me back to there my childhood, man. <laughs> Saturday afternoons, man, 5 p.m. That thing was always on. I love it. You yeah, know what's yeah. funny is that I was actually just on Amazon, like millions of other people, I guess. Yeah. And I was looking at the Looney Tunes collection, like the original ones, because yeah. I don't like the new voices of the, the animation of today. Yeah. It doesn't sound snap, crackle, pop the same way it was as a kid. Right. And now you just brought me back, man, with opening there up the go. show that way. <laughs> Add on, man. Add on, man. Hey. I can't believe you're back. You're back on this show. Thank you so much for having me. We it's love great. we love having guests back, except for one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're, no, 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 no. Oh, He's, okay. He always talks to me. I'm talking about Carlito. Like I was talking about somebody else. But, oh, got uh, it. Yeah, yeah. Carlito. Uh, I, I talk to Carlito almost every single day. Right. Awesome. So he Shout keeps out on to Carlito. Yeah. He's he, great. He, he keeps on saying, and and he loves this subject. I want everybody to understand that if you, ha- I'm trying to figure out what episode you were. Like you're way back. I was the 30s or the uh, 40s? January or February or March, just before yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. before. Yeah. So you're like way, way back. But the yeah. thing is, so on today's show, we're going to continue talking about sea cans. Sure. Sea, like shipping containers. Yeah. That are basically, you are, you're an engineer, you're an architect, you're. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Uh, for those who have what isn't in the last one, I'll try to be brief. So I'm a partner in a group of companies which are architects, engineers, technicians, technologists. We're all under one umbrella in one office. And our specialties are multi-unit residential, traditional, and when I came along, uh, modular structures. So stick built. Now I'm more C-cans. And also I do modular structures but more with like a steel frame as my uh, affordable option because reason why i say affordable option is because during covid this price of a sea can almost tripled so okay uh, can you tell us a little bit because i just heard rumors about china holding Hmm. sea can like hostage right basically is that is that what was going on or like what was going like i don't know it wasn't really hostage it was more revving down okay Uh, they weren't able to because of Apparently, I was talking to people that I dealt with. One of my main people that give me my uh, shipping containers is SCS Containers. So shout out to Eric, by the way. Yeah, please. Uh, great guy. He was the one kind of telling me what was going on. But essentially, it's it was hard to get stuff over. Uh, less boats, less ships, less people ordering stuff. Was there a shortage of the containers or was it just being stockpiled there? Stockpiled there because usually when you get a container here for this kind of purpose, it's called a single trip. Okay. So COVID, obviously less people are buying stuff, less people are doing stuff. So there's just less containers coming in. Last couple of months, it's been more stabilized, more stock has been coming in and all that. But for a good eight months during the COVID epidemic, it's been hard to get Last year, the beginning? Last year, yeah. From like March to like, I would say May of this year. Wow. It was hard, yeah, and everything started going up and up and up. And We're getting way ahead. I got to yeah. give out some creds, man. Sure. So, I mean, I want to let everybody know. So you focus on. So your company is ACAD. ACAD Modular uh, Engineering. Engineering, right? And uh, then and the yeah. website is www.acadmodular.com. Yes, sir. Uh, to reach out to you is add on, which is A D N A N. Yep. 
at acadmodular.com. Yep. And then on uh, Instagram or Facebook, or is it, uh, you're also on Facebook. I'm, I'm on Facebook as well. Yeah. yeah. So, so it's basically ad not. So it's a d n a z a b i a n. Yep. Well, another Correct? n at the end of my first name. A d n a n. Oh, I, I missed it. That's Sorry, right. man. Sorry oh, about that. So I write it, chicken scratch. You guys will find it because I always do a little copy, and yeah. I, I want people to understand that. Like, I mean, mm. we record these shows. I sit down, I go through the show, and I just take notes, and then I come up with a little bio, and then mm. I share the bio on there. So when yeah. someone wants to go through all the shows that we're creating, right. you can give it a little read and then go, you know what? I want to learn more about that. So cool. I know that this is a huge topic. So it's good that – so things have shifted. So regarding COVID and people – I know lots of clients this year. Mm. I've had several conversations about this, okay. about options. I'm so excited. I want to dive – like, honestly, you got to dive deep in for me on okay. this and just tell everybody – what are the costs? What are the like? What do we got to figure sure. out? What are the rules regarding building and, mm-hmm. and structure and and all that stuff? I want to get right into that, man. Okay. All right. So I guess I'll start from a starting point. Do my yeah. best. My company, when we started it, we specialize in architecture engineering of these structures and the CSA integration of them to allow them to be on site and pass and meet all the building code requirements for occupancy. We also partnered with three different shops that actually I set up with them. We did, we're doing project partnership together. Across uh, Toronto area? Uh, one in one in the Toronto area, one in Windsor area, and one in the London area. So we're trying to take oh, care so of the Oh, you got a spread. wide range here. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So uh, the one in the Windsor area, believe it or not, funny story, I hope don't need to... No, I'll segue into segue that. all so you want, man. The last time I was here, I did a great podcast, and I got a few months later during the COVID epidemic, I got a random email. A wonderful guy. He has a old mill that's in a town called Harrow, just south of Windsor. Okay. And this, he wanted to redo it, but at the same time, it's a beautiful, old concrete, solid building, four stories high, and he wanted to do something where he wanted to make it main level event venue and three levels above into guest suites, hotel suites, things like that. And then the basement, he's going to make it like a uh, lounge. So when the epidemic happened and you start thinking about things, and he's, he reached out to me because of this podcast, and he said, I'm interested in doing something with, with containers. What do you got? I said, well, why don't you come out? We'll go to the Stack Market in downtown Toronto. I don't know if you've been there or not. No, no, where is it again? It's amazing. It's down on Bathurst and... Just north of the trail track, uh, tr- uh, sorry, the the train tracks. Uh, I forget what that's. I think it's King. Okay. King or Queen. It's in that area. Uh, it's an entire. So market. like you're in, you're in Niagara. You're on Ni- off of Niagara. No, uh, right in downtown Toronto. Wow. Right on, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called the Stacked Market. So I took them out there. Okay. I think I know exactly where it's it is. It's incredible. It's a huge market, and it's just really funky. There's a lot. It's the whole thing's made out of containers. It's just really neat. You should, anybody should go and I see gotta it. Check it's it out. really, yeah. really neat. So I took him out there just for some inspiration to see what he's thinking of doing. We started kind of brainstorming and then I designed and be going for the permit soon. But essentially what it is, is that we have the main building and then onto the one side, we put two 40 foot containers and made them washrooms. And on the other side, we have two 20 foot containers are going to be a prep kitchen, uh, also a catering kitchen. And then there's already really nice big roll-up doors on the inside of it. Basically, we're doing it where we're integrating it and we're giving, keeping that industrial look meets modern. So we're going to keep the precast on the main level and kind of marry everything together with a nice outdoor 
bar and all that stuff in it. So it's a really neat project, and uh, it all so started So how many containers you, you got? Uh, four on that one right four. now. Wow. Yeah, for phase one. And phase two will be, he has a bunch of old silos that he wants to turn into a hotel as well. It's a big property. Wow. And uh, yeah, if anybody wants to know, it's the mill, uh, Harrow, Ontario. Jeff Schwab, great guy, and he owns the property, and we've been working together on this thing, like, just... We've been gelling nicely. It's it's really neat. So, and so now you're just getting ready to go to permit with it? For this project, yeah. I could show you some 3D stuff yeah, like I'm that. Yeah, I'm curious after. about it. Yeah, I mean, I'll show you how it how is. is the city when you're submitting a permit for this stuff? I've been getting mixed reviews depending on where you're going. So okay. in London, because there's a new generation that's been coming in for zone planning reviews and things, I was uh, also designing a project for a uh, chocolate franchise where they want a 10-foot container for a bathroom and then a 20-footer to be like a food truck, but a fancy one to go right by UWO. Actually put it on a flatbed and, and commute it around. Yeah, commute it over there, set it down there. It'll be a semi-permanent to permanent structure. Wow. And okay. it's kind of like a modern-looking, I, I don't want to say like a vending machine kind of deal. That's one of the things we're going. So when I applied for that thing, the city absolutely loved it. They go, we love this. It's sustainable. It's new. It's affordable it's because i don't know if you've noticed but the cost of uh housing just shot through the <laughs> roof in london and everywhere Stevie else wonders <laughs> notice man everybody's noticed unbelievable this, it's so, insane yeah. yeah so this is they like having this as an alternative however just because it's still new from that perspective i've been in it for eight years but for them they're just starting to see uh, that it's getting big so i just figured there'd be a yeah. little bit of head scratching trying to figure out a little bit does this yeah. make sense or does it or because they're so familiar with your framing your insulation and all yeah. this other stuff and then all yeah. of a sudden you present this to them right yeah. yeah yeah so the biggest thing that they ask for is csa what is it how does it work how can you because usually with this type of construction the way it's done it's a little bit different than traditional so traditional you dig your foundation, you get it inspected. You do your framing, you get it inspected step by step. So in this case is you do your foundation, whether it's block or slab or whatever it is. While that's being done, and the plant or the shop, these units are being built piece by piece. So simple numbers, three 40-foot containers. We're making like a little house. Those three are being built. Now, along the way, there's certain criteria that you need to adhere to. It's called CSA A277. And that is a standard that you have to adhere to to make sure that it's suitable for building code and occupancy. So you're going... What exactly is that? What does it do? It's uh, So what CSA is, it's the same as refrigerators or Energy Star or that kind of thing. Got it. You're certifying this because you're not... You're kind of buying a ready-made building for full-time permanent usage the only thing that would get inspected more or less depending on the circumstance everything gets inspected on site in a different way so basically you do your foundation the things go they get dropped on site now the inspector comes in and he looks at the stitch line meaning where they meet they look at all of our CSA check marks, passage, uh, oh, wow. all these reports. Okay. So it, you're combining construction with manufacturing. You're kind yeah. of marrying the two. Then you do your sealant, uh, your mate line seal on there, and you connect all your HVAC and your electrical junction boxes and things like that. So, and you guys are offering the certification to the inspector. Yes. In conjunction with the builder on site or? Uh, with the builder and during the uh, permit stage, we give them all of the... Uh, 
drawings up front, all stamped and everything ready to go. Then the city says, okay, great, let's start the project, here's your permit. The foundation starts to get installed or dug or whatever the style is, and we start building the units. Now the units get inspected step by step in the shop according to CSA. So the inspectors come to the actual shop. Uh, not all the time, but at a certain stage, yes, they come because and they take you're a look taking at a can it. and you're modifying that Correct. container to suit yeah. the actual end result. Exactly. And so they want to see what modifications and then what, yeah, I guess new things you've done to. Yeah. And they also want to see thermal value. They want to make sure all that stuff. We still have to adhere to the thermal values. Still applicable. Local. We still have applicable, to. Still applicable. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. weatherproofing, insulation. Weather. Yeah. Electrical, everything. And you have to use Energy Star rated windows and things like that. So you're still, so basically what it is, is you still have to adhere to the same thing that you do on a site, but you're doing inside of a shop and less time and potential less cost. Certain criteria and certain buildings, you're not going to save much doing this method because the more complex it gets, the more expensive it can get. I'm kind of in the sweet spot. I don't like to go higher than three story unless it's something very specific and i never guarantee x amount of savings i use realistic numbers i say okay well if you want to build a custom home out of this method other people will tell you oh you can save 40 percent or whatever realistically i've done so much and seen so much get built 15 20 percent of your overall that's the realistic number that's the realistic number that i've seen maybe somebody has a different thing but having said that that's one of the things i'm trying to figure out so i'm trying to come up with like more of an economic model as well for something like a cottage or something simple i was going to ask you because i mean there's dozens of questions that are coming up in my head even the first time we chatted i mean there's still dozens of questions yeah how are you connecting so i know that when you're getting each of the containers together and you're Mm -hmm. doing the first floor Mm -hmm. and you're grabbing you know 40 40 and you're adding them all together yeah but when you get into a second floor structure Mm -hmm. a third floor structure how Mm -hmm. are you connecting those containers together now okay so for my multi-story design what we do is we actually followed a uh, design that i came up with back in 2013 or 14 i worked with an architect in downtown toronto at the time and we devised a plan where we actually have a layer i call it a layer so basically you have container and then you have a 24 inch kind of membrane with all your pipes and your all your connections and your electrical, everything goes in there, then another container on top, then another 24 inch, then another container on top. So that also serves as different things for balconies and everything else that's needed. You're building that out of what? Uh, Steel, mainly. Steel, steel, uh, steel, we'll say the outer shell is kind of like a four by four steel shell, and then we just get metal or wood studs in the middle, and then we start doing it that way. So those things get stacked up on one truck and then you have your actual units on the other and then you start kind of layering it together and that gives you it a lot of space to run your mechanical yeah man. yeah and it's also a lot of stuff is already pre-done so yeah. your plumbing everything's done so you come in and then you get everything uh, kind of connected and leveled up and and done that way so okay so sorry yeah. i took you off the track no, and right. no, let's no. get back on track because sure. i'm always curious about little details like yeah. that so where we uh the whole process now you're going mm-hmm. getting ready to go into permit you submit the permit yes and then they review everything yep. and then you start building now you literally have a contractor that's on site yes assembling what's already been designed on the sh- in the shop correct we're designed and built in the shop yeah so i'll 
give you an example with my London one, right? So the London shop that I deal with is, uh, I hate to do a plug, but I'll do another one. Do as many plugs <laughs> as you want, man. Honestly, trust uh, me. The people that I work with that have been really good at helping me get this off the ground with building is a company called Level Contracting. Uh, they're out of London. The owners, there's a few owners, and uh, one of them's name is Jose, and he's a great guy. And when he saw this, when I presented it to him, his face lit up. He goes, this is amazing. Like, how do you, you know? We kind of rolled the dice, him and his partners, and he said, let's build a demo. Let's just see what happens. So we got a 20-foot container. It was a little beat up, but we started fitting it up and doing, uh, putting windows in and spray foam and the whole deal, everything in the shop, and get everything checked step by step. And then we were like 80% done this thing, and we were going to do like a rooftop patio with like some winding steps. It's going to look nice. really sharp. When he looked at that, he's like, this is this is crazy. I didn't... Why the hell isn't anybody else doing this? I'm like, hey, man, my first year in this business, I was obviously I'm a designer, engineer, things by trade. I got into technical sales of these things and I sold two in one year. That's it. Man, that's yeah. some that's some hard <laughs> door knocking, man. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, wow. commission only sales rep, 20 something years old, living Ouch. in downtown Toronto. It was hard, but yeah. it was worth it. So. Compare that. that to this year or last year. Insane. Like, I couldn't even... People are calling me up. We get guys like Jeff, like, yeah. you know, saying, no, I want to do this. Let's do that. And we work together. And there's lots of other ones that I've been working on. But that's the that's the one, one that's standing out that I'm currently doing. So, so you guys did the mock-up. The next step is now is that we're actually going to... I got a gentleman at Woodstock that wants to do five or six mock-ups and just sell them. So there's different types of ways that... People are wanting to make money in this industry. It's great for me because my specialty is design and the CSA integration. And I now set up little shops for people to build these things and make sure it all gets done. So I'm kind of setting things up in a small manner until I get bigger, hopefully, with yeah. this thing. And then eventually I'll get like a full... My goal is, is to get it a big still a one man shop? It's still you, or no? You? There's about uh, so there's about eight of us in the office now. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, so my uh, there's my company in this office. There's also Archie System. I partnered with them on all of the architecture and engineering. Uh, Archisystem.com is their uh, website. Nice. They do nice. really brilliant stuff. So I partnered with them right around the pandemic time, like two oh, weeks wow, before. Wow. Right after that podcast, like a week or two later, is when <laughs> Inked the Deal got in, went in, and uh, and then, uh, yeah, so our office is in Brampton, and uh, we kind of do everything from there. We're about seven people, and we do everything from plazas to uh, mid-rise apartments, traditional, and now modular and we're kind of doing all that now so i gotta ask you on the mod okay yeah. so on the mock-up what were some of the hurdles that you mm. came across when you started putting this together and started realizing okay so pen to paper and mm -hmm. on in the shop it worked yep. beautifully but mm -hmm. then when we started putting it together things weren't or were they you tell me one of the things is that we just had to be careful of any twisting so there's certain things that we have so to be there very is, careful. So it still about. will rack sometimes really? if it's not done properly. Yeah. So there's certain points that you shouldn't cut past, and usually it's the the in the corners and the sides you got that tubing going around. Yeah. So long as you don't infringe on those things, and then you put up a post in the middle. That keeps it nice and square, and then you don't have to worry about it. But we didn't do it with this one. We went more simple. We just cut the opening for a uh, window on the side and then the front where the doors were we cut those out and we put like a nice window and i'm uh, sorry a nice door with a window next to it and siding and but i'm assuming neat. you'll come across clients that are going to want to push 
the structural integrity of these containers yes. yeah. to the max, and you got to calculate it. So you mm-hmm. you look at okay. So an average container is what size? Generally uh, speaking? usually okay. So you got tw- you got tens, twenties, and forties, and fifty twos. And they're 50- how wide and how tall? Eight by eight for traditional, and then you got high cubes, which are nine and a half tall, which I usually use more so than the eight footers. Because then you get you get more nine and a half inside, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you get you lose about four or five inches because the floor height. Yeah. But you get around nine feet clear, and then by the time you run your lighting and everything, you're down to about eight feet clear. Whereas you use an eight footer, you got to be a little bit more crafty to. Because your minimum height is six foot five, but six foot five. I'm six two. If it's six five, I get That's claustrophobic. Low, low. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I try to avoid uh, the traditional stuff, but I usually use a traditional for like mechanical rooms. Let's say because it doesn't matter. A person can go in there, do whatever servicing he needs to do, and he gets out. So, but I like to stay with the high cubes. I like so dealing with. What those. are the costs associated with these nowadays? I mean, we're dealing with increased costs. Obviously, yeah. we're dealing with yeah. increased costs. So, what okay. are these containers costing these days? Last, uh, I've been getting updates, yeah. uh, but essentially a 10-footer, well, I'll go to 20-footer, uh, a little bit easier. So a used 20-footer is roughly around 1800 to 4000 Canadian. 1800 is more the used, and then the new is around 4000 but it might be a little bit more. It went up to like 5700 7000 during the pandemic, but I think it's down towards the we'll say $6,000 range for just a container. That's not for a lot. Right? For a like, new, yeah. Yeah. And then the 40-footers, they were 4800 Pandemic hit, they went up to 7, 8, 12. Some, someone went up to $15,000. For a 40-footer. 40 40-footer, high-cube. 9.6 one? High, yeah, wow. high-cube. But now they've kind of subsided and gone down to, I would say, about an $8,000 range. Six to 8000 I will say. Uh, because it all depends on who you're getting from, and then there's used ones and new ones and single trip, and so that's also another thing you gotta look out for with containers. Like, if you wanna just have the container where it's just gonna be painted, you're better off with a single trip because it's not all banged up from the side and whatnot. But the used ones are good because it doesn't matter because we're gonna cut that piece anyway. As long as there hasn't been any chemicals or any harmful substances stored in it then CSA will certify it easier than having to gut the whole thing and re-put the wood paneling and all that. So, Are you allowed to inquire about the containers and what the use of that container was for the history? Or Yes, okay. uh, but there's only so much of a paper trail you can go back on. Usually nine times out of ten, it's the last thing that it went Whatever to. came over and you got yeah. it. Yeah, so it was in like Sweden or something like that and it came over. Nine times out of ten, you're not going to be able to know what's past that for this thing. I'll okay. just say it came from Sweden. That's what was in it. So single trip is nice because you know exactly what it is. Was built in China or Turkey or wherever. There's many ways. There's Tangiers. Many people build them, but you know it's only been out to sea once, and that's it. And then you know what was in it. Okay, this thing had clothing. So all right, I'll take that. Because pretty much yeah, anything and everything in the entire world is shipped through these containers yes all over the world almost everything all over the world yeah wow so we're being kind of sustainable in a way and this thing i came up with the sea can thing later because it was around but when i first started off it was just wood structure modular and steel structure modular so everything was being built traditionally but in 12 by 40 sections and you got a male female fitting and they all get in but they weren't really using cans, the place that I was working for. So 
that's when I kind of started seeing throughout the years, I'm like, why don't I utilize secans more? Why don't I do this? And one thing led to another, and eight years later, here I am. <laughs> so Now, you got to get all the regular OBC requirements attached to it. So are you yeah. framing on the inside, your, yep. or steel studs are you doing with Metal studs? Metal studs, wood studs, steel it's, studs. It's whatever, like your client's prefer, preference. It's whatever your clients prefer, as long as it's... And the thing is with CSA, they're a little bit more strict with their building codes than OBC, not to put down the OBC. I love the OBC. I'll do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to. But basically, in my humble opinion, it's a little bit more strict than the OBC. Okay. So if you got a CSA product with a CSA ticket, you have the file, who worked on it, what was done, everything. It's a checklist. And then that checklist gets sent to the city prior to inspection. The drawings go, permit gets issued, unit gets built in the shop foundation gets done we're ready to take it over to site inspector inspects the foundation said this is great we bring the units we put them down we hook everything up inspector comes back he wants to see a csa checklist the csa uh, reports because we also do the reports so uh, myself and dr lou derazio from elite engineering we banded together to do all this because He's very high end with like, you know, Six Sigma and GM, and he worked for all the big car companies. So he knows manufacturing down to a T, better so than myself. So I teamed up with him, and he certifies the units. Well, we and him work together certifying the units. And we have a, kind of a system set in a place where we have full reports with pictures and uh, drawing references and the whole deal. Those get done. So when the city inspector comes to see what's going on, so we don't have to open up the walls. We give them the report with pictures, dates, checklists. And the they will deal. take all of that? They will take. They have taken it so far, yeah. The city's I wish, I wish that we could do that in all buildings. Yeah, because you don't really know when you build traditionally who did that, who put that stud up, because nobody really It would take it you days to inspect everything yeah, if yeah. you had to inspect every yeah. little detail. With this one, they can look at every single detail. And then they look at the mate line. They look because there's certain standards. It's like, okay, maximum, they got to be inch and a half apart. Farther than that, you're worrying about air seepage and heat loss and things like that. And you got to look at everything that's been done on site. So the inspector kind of is looking at what was done, but he still has to do his due diligence and his job to make sure it's done right. That's what the CSA kind of is marrying. So it's manufacturing, construction, merged together is kind of how we did this. There's CSA, there's Intertech, they're like the Ford and GM of the certification and testing business. Who's Dodge? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Me? <laughs> all yeah. right. So, yeah. all right. I got triple W, acadmodular.com. Yep. That's who we're A-C-A-D talking to right now. acadmodular.com. ACA, that's it, man. So, yeah. you, you can reach out to uh, Adnan. I, yep. I, keep, I keep on feeling like I'm pronouncing it incorrectly. Okay. So, <laughs> how do you pronounce it correctly? Uh, it's Adnan is Adnan. Uh, proper okay. The correct way. way. Yeah. Because your background is what? I'm Lebanese originally. Yeah, that's what yeah, I remember, yeah, right? Yeah, so I, yeah. I, I trust me, man. I'm always being respectful of people's no worries, names man, because that's it. your name, right? Yeah, yeah. And trust it. me, I, I respect everybody's culture. Yeah. I don't have a problem with anybody. So yeah. I always want to try to, I mean, people say, I love some of the Americans that are listening and they spell my name with an I. Yeah, yeah. M-A-N-I, right? And yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's yeah. not a Manny Petty. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's a Manny, right? But yeah. the thing is, okay, so I just want to say it. So it's sure. uh, A-D-N-A-N-Z-A-B-I-A-N on Instagram and also Facebook. But mm-hmm. again, reach out to him at A-D-N-A-N at 
acadmodular.com. Yep. Let's get back into it. Okay. I'm still I'm, I'm amazed that the inspectors are signing off on you guys giving them a photo album of the job. That's a photo album of the job with dates and corresponding checklists. You're giving as them well all, as drawings. all the, You're giving them all the evidence. It's it's a binder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they can also reserve the right to come in and inspect in the shop. Well, that's happened before where there is a 17 unit I call it section going into a single story building. Some of the times the inspector will say, well, you know what? I want to come in and check out this. Come on in. Everything is there. The checklists are ready and everything is kind of there, but that's usually just on site. We give them the whole thing. So sometimes very rarely they might have to ask to open something up, but for me, it's never happened. Who knows? But you never know. They you have the right know. to, and you can you do never that, know. right? Yeah, yeah, you never know. But I, I mean, I got to ask you, who's buying or who's inquiring about these things? Because I have a mm. perception, yeah. but I'm trying to figure out who is buying these, who's interested. The biggest ones that I've seen, you know, think now, property owners, cottage people, uh, also custom home builders, not so much, but homeowners, they want to do an addition. They want to change the existing shed and make like a really nice guest suite in the back. But you're limited uh, on certain things. Like, yeah, like yeah I'm limited wise. on certain things size-wise. I like to limit myself size-wise. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It just And also the design too, because people have come to me and they have this monstrosity of a house and it has high peaks and very traditional looking and said, hey, why don't you do this in modular? I said, it's going to cost you a fortune. It's, right not, now, it's not cost effective at that point. At that point, because the design is, you know, like if somebody says, well, I want you to build this thing. Uh, I got a price from a builder to build this crazy house. Let's say 300 bucks a square foot, making a number up. And they say, well, can you do better? Well, I'll try, but there's going to be a lot more involved because of the design is very so that's why i like to start with the design first then we can pretty much do whatever you need at a decent budget and that's realistic so that's just based on my experience i i can't do every single thing and guarantee i could do it modular without it costing more than doing it traditionally i that's think homeowners need to understand that this mm -hmm. isn't a way to make a build cheaper Mm -hmm. I think this is just a different way it's to build. It's a more cost-effective, sustainable way to own a home, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, younger people, guys like me or whatever else, they don't have a million-plus dollars to buy a house. It's insane. Where I can <laughs> offer them something for $300,000, there it is, find yeah. a piece of land for another whatever it is. So half the price in this specific case, you can have a home. Have you tackled these? Because I think I've seen some images, laneway. Laneway right. homes have the have you dropped some of the the sea cans on and, and actually built a laneway home as oh, a result no, of it? Oh no, I've designed one, but I haven't done one yet. So you've designed one. I have designed. Because I, I I think I actually I don't know in Toronto. I don't mm -hmm. think Toronto's done it, mm -hmm. but I have seen the containers used as kind of a laneway home, yep. Yep. and it kind of makes sense as long as you structure the garage and, and you just drop it in place, yep. right? And yep. they start building from there. Funny thing is, is uh, I uh, served for four years volunteer position with the Toronto Planning Review Panel in the past. And that was one of the things that they reviewed was input on the laneway homes. So the head of city planning for Toronto, the name slips my mind. They sorry. just approved that. Yeah. So that was uh, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, uh, we're thinking of embracing laneway homes. What would you guys think? So it was a group of about 28 panelists, different walks of life, different parts of the city. And I gave the suggestion, and then Home TO was doing a uh, was doing a presentation. This was back in 2016, I believe, 
I spoke to them about it, and then one thing led to another, and and I don't Here know if it's because of me, but yeah. I, I remember speaking to them a couple of times about all the uh, conversations were yeah. going on. Yeah, and, Greg and Lantern. Sorry, let me. Sorry, <laughs> who was it? Greg Lantern was okay. the guy head of city planning for. Uh, yeah, he took over after Jennifer Keys, Matt. So Got it was kind of half half, but yeah, that was one of the things that kind of. And then they were just kind of they ran with it, and I saw it. I was like, all right, I'm going to design one and. See what happens. I mean, the reason I bring it up is because laneway homes, and in, in generally speaking, when you do it traditionally, mm. they're expensive, man. Regarding square footage-wise, and you're mm. parking it on a double-car garage or whatever, mm. it will cost more than actually building the, the home that's in on the lot. So okay. I'm wondering if this would be a different way to do it where you're not getting as expensive as the traditional laneway home, but you're yeah. getting as expensive as building the regular home. Uh, but you're just doing it this way. Yeah. It, so the best way to describe this is... is you're just building a building out of a container. There's still building codes you got to adhere to. It's insulated to the same way as a traditional home. It's done all the same way. However, a lot of the exterior stuff and structural stuff are taken care of from the get-go. And then we can modify it in ex- relatively inexpensively depending on the finishes levels. So I, I got a uh, client in London as well where he, had a, uh, he has a big lot and uh, it's about... 80 by I think a couple hundred feet okay. about that it just had a little 2,000 square foot house on there it's all run down and he said hey um what are you thinking of what can we do with this thing at first he's saying well can we just build like a, another house there and all so I told him about about this other con- design concept that we have and we have also ways to build it so I told him about it his eyes lit up and he was just like wow so how much can I fit so I start playing around with it on that lot I can fit about eight to 12 apartment units that are made of two 20-foot containers with a balcony and egress and all that, three stories high. And then we have little carports that are solar-powered, which because oh, he really wow. wants to do that. Uh, that's in the process of going to city for approval. It's not quite approved yet, but he, he wants to go ahead with that concept. He loved it. He's like, this is, again, why isn't everybody doing this? I'm like, it's getting there. If you get in now... Then you can. Uh, do we have enough containers? Like, what not, if this just explodes? Like, what well, if? Well, I don't think we do, which is why I designed something that's containerless, but it's still modular. So you have your base structure that's made out of tube steel. You got your metal studs as your exterior walls. Then you have right. your exterior finishes, and it all gets fit together. So I have that as my alternative option to. Because during the pandemic, I had to think of something, because I had a couple of like I had somebody who wanted a garage up north. Uh, he made it out of three shipping containers, but at the time he couldn't get his hands on one earlier on. So I said, "Well, there's this other concept. Let me think of something." So I kind of took my old modular experience with a wood frame, used that, and then I integrated it more with just steel as opposed to wood, and it works just as fine. You won't get any shear. Uh, you have your hooking points. It's just more metal fabrication involved than with a shipping container. Everything's done. You cut it out and you get going. So what's the sound like? I mean, I, mm. I've been in a shipping container before, yeah. but the thing is as a home, mm-hmm. what's, I, I'm assuming that the sound is very, very airtight. Same. Very airtight. But Extremely. what are you doing for circulation? Like are, are HRV still applicable to this or how is uh, it? Okay. So there's two different things. Uh, with some case, we just use a barred unit, a packaged okay. air barred unit on the one wall. Then we have a supply duct and your, your return. Another thing we do is if it's a very small unit, ductless if it's acceptable and the other way we do it is we uh, for the harrow job uh, the mill 
we're actually doing two five-ton standard commercial carrier units. Oh. And that's going to be feeding the whole thing as a whole, including the modular structures and the main level of the mill. HVAC, plumbing, or any it's pretty flexible with what you do. you got to look at it as it's just an alternative building envelope. Whatever you want to do after that, so long as it is meets code, you can pretty much do whatever you want with these yeah. things. And as long as the design doesn't supports it and it, it makes sense from that point so what are the trades how are the trades acting about this are they they, they uh, the ones i've talked to they love it because they don't have to be outside in january working yeah that's what they love best about it they go to the same place they work every day at the same place go home do the whole thing do their all that and then once the units are done put them on floats send them out well, Jeff does that, by the way. He has a nice flatbed company, uh, Jeff and Schwab. For, for, for shipping them. For shipping them, but you still, them up. So you're, you're getting the trades. They're assembling them in the shop. They're yes. getting them all pre-ready in the shop. Yes. But then you have to assemble each of the containers together mm. on site to connect them, right? Correct, yes. So the trade has to still return to make those connecting points, correct? We have no? our, uh, well, we have a different crew that's going to be that does the installs okay so we have your shop guys and then you now the odd time if it's a bigger job the shop guys do go on to site and make sure everything uh, meets properly because you got the crane it's picking it up it's swinging it over and it's putting it down gently so you got to be able to make sure it fits properly is there a lot of movement like in that or like sometimes there can be that's why people kind of use tracks so basically what it is it looks like a like a conveyor belt at the beer store. Yeah, you know, yeah. They use one of those and they kind of roll it into place. I've seen stuff where they just strapped them and they had pickup points. And there's many different ways that people do it. It's kind of crafty. Cool, actually. Well, I just I've, I figured that yeah. there's structural steel that they're so strong that it's yeah. next to impossible to rack them. No, they're, but I've seen enough disaster movies that I see the shipping yeah. containers just start to sway in the ocean and it just yeah, falls yeah. over. So I don't know. If <laughs> yeah, that's, but, but yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty tough. Like I cannot see if done correctly these things are done really well so uh, i i do still work with the traditional old school modular the wood frame stuff i uh we just finished a little maintenance contract at uh royal canadian yacht club down on cherry street yeah i know exactly. so we we re-leveled it and did all that and recertified it but it was an old school william scotsman unit oh and it was kind of cool it brought back memories because i've worked on that stuff in a few years but wow. uh yeah, we did that, and uh, we just reshimmed it, re-leveled it. It used to be a wheeled unit, but what they did, they got three wheeled units, and they opened it up, and they made it the, uh, basically, where you go in before you get onto the, uh, and then you got the water in the back. It's just basically like a waiting area with washrooms and all that. So that's one of the things that we worked on. So I still do work with that when it comes up, but uh, it's kind of, that kind of went off on top. But that's yeah, one of the things I did, though, so yeah. But so where is this all going then, man? Like, where where are we seeing... Okay, I guess, first of all, mm. who's leading in the world right now? Who's leading when it comes to these C-cans? That's a good, manufacturing a C-can or C-can no, 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 houses? No, 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 actually, actually turning them, converting them, making them homes. Who, which country is actually leading everybody in this stuff? I, from my research, Argentina. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've been following these... Why uh, do you think... I don't know. Maybe it's just where it's where it's placed. I I don't know what it is, but I saw the most on Instagram and Facebook or wherever it else. Argentina for me has been the most common where I've seen it. And next to that, Texas. I've seen Texas, a lot out of eh? Texas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot Austin, Houston. There's a lot of companies doing these things down there. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Florida too. That's number three. I would say. Is Ontario, Toronto kind of leading Canada, or so I can see BC, Alberta, okay. Alberta, BC. They're they're kind of over. Uh, I would say BC is number one. 
Second is Alberta, and then third is us. Is us. Awesome. Yeah, it's it's getting big in Quebec too, but I would say that. But yeah, Alberta and BC are kind of the front runners. Argentina. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out why that would be. It's crazy. But that's I, interesting. I don't know, but it, yeah, it's really fascinating. Some of the stuff they do. I people come to me is like, well, these guys are technically your competitor. I'm like, well, they're in Argentina for one, <laughs> and even if they weren't, I get more inspired. And for me, I want the industry to grow mm-hmm. because I grow with it. So there's no sense in me trying to be the master modular guy and I'm the only person doing it. Well, but you never know. They might reach out to you and ask you a question and then you can turn around and ask them a question. Of course. And then guess what? A line of dialogue and you guys can both build better in different countries. Exactly. I I call this thing. I always put a hashtag on all my posts. Our modular movement is growing. I kind of took my friend Robbie's saying and I modified it to uh, my modular movement is growing because that's kind of what I'm looking at. Awareness and, and building them and growing it and, doing all that and if i make a few bucks in the process i'm a happy guy but i'm not whatever happens i'm just kind of taking it as it comes at me and having a hell of a time doing it so here's one for you you can yeah. have this one for free grass yeah. is totally mm-hmm. i do a mock-up of a modular doghouse man oh <laughs> a doghouse okay i'm telling you all these millennials downtown in that area around oh. uh, the stack yeah, the, the amount of dogs that I see these people walking, and I'm oh. telling you, if you park a mini modular doghouse, yeah, the dog I think will think it's cool, want to bring all of his buddies over, but I think the yeah. homeowners would think that's pretty cool as well. So like a little ten footer kind of deal. I, I don't mean, know if I go that big, yeah, or yeah, but I, something, yeah, may, maybe a four by four or something, yeah, like yeah. a cube, a four by four or something. Really but cool. I don't that's know, not just a bad a idea. Just a, it makes all me right. want to almost build it. <laughs> just no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I like that the movement is growing, right? Yeah. I, I like that it, it's going, and I and I, I'm like you, man. I totally mm. like. I want to hear what. I love having conversations like I talk to guys in Sweden. I talk to guys all over Asia. Yeah. Uh, like I, I, I want to know what's going on. I love yeah. that they poke fun at us. Yeah. That we're so much slower or yeah. further back than them. <laughs> yeah. And I get that. The problem yeah. is that this country and also the U.S. is just mm. one big ego instead yeah. of just trying to share. And yeah. I'd rather share. And I, in Europe, everybody all over the world mm. likes to share yes. until you piss off each other and then you don't want to share anymore. Yeah, exactly. But it's nice to have that knowledge out there, man. So yeah. you can just it's, pick each other's brain. Yeah, it's, it's really good. Actually, the the tallest modular uh, I was gonna ask story you. building, it's 15 stories. 15? It's in London, England. Yeah. yeah. That was done in, I think, like more than 10 years ago. 15 stories. A decade ago, 15 in stories. London, someone had the site to mm-hmm. do that. And it's still stories. up, obviously. It's still, it's still up. It's still going. It's really neat. What they did, they erected a core structure, and then you just start sliding them in is basically how they constructed this thing. Django. So, yeah, exactly. And that's how they did it. And it's 15 stories high. Here's another local history yeah. thing. You know the uh, right by uh, Yorkdale Mall, you got the Holiday Inn that was built back it's in the 80s? It's not there anymore. Is it still there? It's not there. They, t- they, they tore it down? They tore it down. I don't really? Know I don't know if they're building a condo there. Oh, probably. But that green Holiday Inn, yeah. I think I noticed this maybe... The 10 to 15... Yep. Yeah. It's gone. That was a modular build. That was a modular build? Yes, it was. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, it was a modular wood frame build. If you could... Well, it's gone now. I didn't know that. But when I went by and I looked at it, I was like, it is. And then I looked, <laughs> it is a modular build. It was. 
It but, was. Yeah, and it's been there, I don't know, since the 80s. I don't like even know what I haven't driven by since. I'm trying to figure out, like, maybe four or five months that they started bringing it really? down. Okay. Um, and I can only assume this is Toronto. So basically, if a Jeez. building comes down, they're just going to build a new one. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's all they're going to do. I drive by there fairly often. I guess I never paid attention, but I remember it was right there, it's right by gone, the highway. Yeah, that's was, crazy. But that's interesting. I never knew that it was a modular. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was. It was. Uh, it was early on. It was clunky. It was made out of. Uh, but I mean, uh, they probably yeah. learned a lot from it. Yes. And then they take yeah. it to the and the same thing with the London one, right? Yes. The London England one, where yeah. 15 stories, and you, I'm sure someone's going to come along and go, "I want to do 20 stories and exactly. then 25 and keep on going." You just yeah. got to figure out how you're going to do it. Exactly. And we're a smaller company, so I'm more than happy to tackle a job that size. We're seven people, but that requires a little bit more you know planning and designing it's more intense because you got to worry about swaying and you got to worry about sheer strain and you're going 15 floors up with this thing it's very possible but it's just customer might have to pay for more r&d up front in order to make sure it's done yeah done right and that's where we come in i guess i know <laughs> last year i did i did a bunkie and i know mm -hmm. that when the homeowners brought me in through yep. the bunkie company yep. which is 108 square feet i saw that yeah so, yeah so they actually considered doing a container cool they, they discussed it they were weighing the options there was three yep. options on the table mm -hmm. eventually they went that route but they did want to go with a container and i'm just wondering are you getting a lot more people like this is a young couple that, yep. that, that just said, listen, I need a little bit of an office space away from my house because yes. of my family, because of whatever. Yep. I just want some privacy. And mm -hmm. then uh, we built the bunkie, which re re there was some it was good, but it could be great. Mm -hmm. That's what I and, and I'm and I'm still waiting. I'm itching to find a client that wants to build a container. Yeah. Same size, same everything. Do yeah. that parameter of 108, and yeah. then build it because I want to compare the two. I want to see which is better or which I like more, and the reason why. Which is easier to work with. Which yeah. is whatever. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the Bunky product personally. I saw it. I thought it was a great idea. Great things and i've never talked to the people there but i really i'm a fan like i, I do yeah. like their stuff and giant uh down in uh down by cherry street yeah I know i'm a fan of too. their stuff yeah, too. Exactly. it's really cool they stuff do some good stuff do. yeah they do great stuff i like what they do they uh, actually were the ones that were proposing certain designs for low-income housing multi-story oh, six or seven low-income housing giant container was the one that came up with the design okay. and it was really neat has that so, gone through the process or i don't know okay. that i don't know what happened but i do know the city of london set aside about seven and a half million dollars to build this however there's the big guys there's nrb and atco and all the other guys trying to get it who knows where, yeah. where it's going to go but there are some big players that are like PCL, they got into the modular game a few years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, but more for the industrial work camp stuff. Yeah. Last I checked. Yeah. But PCL's in it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, all of those big boy companies there, yeah. they're always using the containers as their site offices sure. and they're just stacking them on top of each other. Exactly. And they yeah. just walk in and out and, and that's it. So it makes yeah. a lot of sense, man. Yeah. That's, well, I, I, yeah. So I've been kind of looking at everything. And for me, I, 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 there have been more specific usage, specific designs. For me, I'm more, I want to basically spread it to, to whomever. I want to basically make it so that a point where if a guy has a line of credit for 20 grand, he can have something to live in, you know, yeah. as opposed to, you know, all that. Because I, it inspired me because what made me want to kind of do that is years ago when I was living downtown, same, a commission-only sales rep trying to push this thing to home builders and whoever else, it was hard. I, I needed a way to uh, get more affordable living and and that's what kind of the light went off. I'm like, 
why can't there be more affordable living? Yeah. What's stopping it? What is there to... And it kind of snowballed from, from there. But. So what's the sales pitch like now? Like, I mean, now I guess everybody wants to discuss this. They're just yes. trying to figure out how to do it. Yep. So I guess is it a lot easier now to get... Because they're coming to you when yeah. they're already looking at option A, B, or C, and they're just trying to figure out which one to go with. Yeah. Because during this whole pandemic, there's got to be insane amount of percentage of people in the city that are adding those offices in the backyard that are looking at like containers or even something like that for additions i did several of them oh really (laughs) i can only assume and that's why it's keeping busy everybody's staying busy right yeah and that's why lumber went through the roof too it's insane (laughs) well that's 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 the downside about the bunky thing is that the same bunky from last year is twice the price this year only because of lumber it's It's all it's all plywood it's all plywood so that's the number one evil thing that went through the roof regarding lumber It's, it's it's kind of lowered a little bit but it's still high it's still high a sheet of plywood is still at 86 87 dollars for a sheet of plywood which is still stunning at the same time containers went through the roof not as bad as lumber containers went through the roof during that time now they've subsided are they gonna come they've come back down yeah yeah yeah. but it's it, it they went a lot just because of the shortage not as much stuff getting shipped in and that kind of stuff so that's kind of restricted the supply so as more demand went up there's only so much supply right so People were bringing them in from California. People were buying them from up north. People were, they were kind of scrambling to try to fill the orders or try to find one. So I actually sold three to somebody who just needed them for storage, where I just straight up the way it is, here you go. I just, I sourced him three of them. He bought them, he picked them up, and he took them. And that was it. That was it because there was SCS, I credit them for that. They're hustlers, man. They're really good. They're in Mississauga. Okay. They're hustlers, man. Every time I called them, they always tried to get me something. They always had something. They always kept me up to date. Eric and Jake there are just great guys. So they're, they're Well, I know that a lot them. of the, uh, whenever there's something cool and young and things getting started, mm-hmm. that's the first thing they think about is the pop-up stores. Yeah. And you guys, the containers are the, what they want to tackle, right? Yes. Are you are, Have you come across any of those yet? If someone approached you to... Yeah. Because I have assumed that that's where the creative freedom comes. Where, love, that's my favorite one. <laughs> uh, that's that's what I, I, I could, like, they basically, you figure it out. I, you come up with it. I designed a drive through dispensary. That was a really neat project, me and Louie, yeah. Oh, really? Well, yeah, we started kind of doing the concept of it. Also, the, the chocolate shop. I did uh, pop-up Tim Horton's model kind of thing. I never went corporate, to Timmy's for it. Corporate stuff. Here to, <laughs> you know, I, I do that kind of thing. Just different concepts for different type of things. Because when the pandemic happened, I got a lot more people that were interested in this. Because we don't know how long it's going to be in the mall structure, how it got impacted. They're looking at different ways to do it. So Stacked was like the model that I would refer people to. I'm like, this is what you can have. And I could design it for you and arrange to build it for you should you want to. I've actually told people, and, and I mean, they give me a really weird look when I tell them this. I, de- I definitely think that this pandemic has basically put the nail in the coffin of malls. Yeah, it was kind of going down. B- b- they were already yeah. losing yes. customer base. Yeah, yeah. You add pandemic, mm-hmm. you add Amazon, mm-hmm. you add like these pop-ups. Yep. Uh, you see that balancing act of the mm. millennials and the, and the younger generation yes. wanting yeah. to go to the, the, the local places, yep. Yep. but the local cool places. Yes. All of that says malls are going to die soon. They'll, they're going to die in the way they are now. Yes. However, they're going to be modified. Like Square One's been doing awesome 
things. Uh, they've been doing outdoor food festivals and food trucks. And so it's kind of like a hybrid. They're yeah, trying to, they've been doing kind of a 50-50 hybrid. They've been doing a really good job. I know there. in Scarborough, every weekend, there's a yep. huge food truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife go out there. Yeah, Chef it's amazing. He makes amazing chicken burgers. It's so. amazing, man. Yeah. It's, but that's what I mean. It's like it's those are the things that are more attractive to people. So yeah. then now you can... And I guess with food trucks, this is still applicable to food trucks yes. because you could throw it onto a flatbed Correct. and drive it around, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. your kitchen right there. There's a kitchen. Kitchen. That's what the chocolate company was doing. It was company. Uh, they wow. were interested in doing that. So Farach Chocolates is what his name. Mark's a nice guy. So he was doing that. He has the current chocolate lounge and everything. But he came to me with this uh, idea. And I kind of collaborated with him. And poof, off it went. And it's his baby. But I'm more the design guy that does it for him. Same with this mobile dental structure that I would love to talk to you about. No, too. bring it up because yeah, yeah, I know yeah. that you brought it up just before we started recording. Yes. You got to talk. Let's talk about this thing because okay, so I'm fascinated This by is it. very fascinating. So I got contact from two guys. Uh, the company's name is Dentalist, Dentist Concierge. Gentleman owns his Laurent Albaz and MC Design, uh, Andrew Jerziak. Uh, I want to give them a shout out. They're great guys awesome good very creative visionary guys so they said they specialize in uh doing dental and medical offices traditional you know you get a strip mall they do it they came up with a concept and they said well there's two reasons we got uh, the pandemic stuff happening and secondly we need to when we're renovating these things the dentist needs to keep working. He still has patience. He has to. So we came up with the design, and I worked with them to develop this thing for them. They came up with an idea where they have three op rooms, a sterile room, and also an X-ray room and a wheelchair lift, and lots of cool stuff. And what we did is originally we had we tried to do it in a way where we modif- we did like a ten by thirty wheeled unit with a secondary 10-foot container on wheels that's going to be the electric generator so it's completely self-sustained so if you're in the middle of a parking lot somewhere and you don't have hydro where you are you wheel that thing in it powers it and people it's in the same property they just go across the parking lot and it's covid safe because the doors are immediately outside it has a small waiting room and everything is covid friendly as well so then they came up, I call it the Mobile Dental Trailer 2, which I'm doing now. It's They actually got a huge 52-foot step deck tractor trailer, the rear of a tractor trailer. Yeah. Got lots of room. Basically what it is, is we're doing all of it in just one big tractor trailer. Two op rooms, generators, solar powered, the whole deal inside of this thing. So they're going to have more or less both of these things. And they also looking into leasing them out as well to whomever else that needs it so if a dentist up in wherever saying well i'm going i don't have my office yet or i'm getting my office redone it's going to be six months or four months till it's done you give me this thing and they lease it up by the month it gets uh, serviced by them smart man just an awesome concept and i just i said yeah let's do it and i just i was more the the technical guy they're more the visionaries this is what i need and we met several times and it, it took about six to eight months worth of meetings and back and forth they're in mississauga as well so uh but this is applicable to like chiropractors physiotherapists uh gyms yep healthcare like 
wow. Yeah, if, if, yeah. If there's more things, if you could go on his website, dentiscostierge.com or .org. Sorry, okay. Laurent, if I didn't get it right. Yeah. But if you, even if you Google it, he has a lot of different stuff that is applying. So he's got one things. right now that's out there. He's building one right now that I'm working with him. I'm actually the one overseeing it. And then the idea is that they'll park it at specific locations. And if you're sure. a patient or if you want to be a patient, mm-hmm. you go online, you find out where they're going to park. Yep. And then you go in and book yep. your visit. Or Dr. So-and-so saying, hey, we're renovating for the next three months. We're going to have something right outside. We can still service you. Wow. Or medical walk-in clinics. Or if there's a, another thing is if there's a hot spot for COVID stuff, people still need to see a doctor sometimes. Yeah. So it's something that's separate from, say, like the main COVID hotspot hospital room we'll say that's like an alternative for different purposes so i developed it for them and i'm proud of it and i can't wait to see those things going up and down the road for uh, with their thing on it so when are they they kind of took a they took a risk they took a chance on this to 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 figure out if it's well yeah because this is something that uh to them was new new concept didn't know if it was going to be viable they still took a chance on me and said hey we're gonna hire you let's 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 develop this thing let's do it I love working with people like that. Jeff, same thing. He's like, I'm thinking of doing this and this. What do you think? Let's collaborate. Challenges on this one? Because I guess he's, yes. it's, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's what I figured, right? Yeah, gray water tanks and the black water yeah, tanks yeah. and emptying ports. And it was an education along with, it pushed my experience more, which I like. And it was a lot to think of. And it was a lot of meetings because they know more of that kind of stuff compared to, I know how to make it work. But they say, well, I need this. I need a stereo room. I need a black water tank. I need 250-gallon fresh water tank, 250-gallon gray water tank. All, I have to make sure all that fits in. That's huge. A 250-gallon tank yes. is how, like, three-foot diameter, uh, seven or eight feet tall? 48 by 60 by 18, yeah, approximately. that's big. So basically half of this table yeah. is about that thick. 250. They have 300-gallons, too. Yeah. So we want to go big. And I also have to think about servicing. We have to make sure there's a door yeah, there. It was a lot of intricacies. Yeah. It was about eight months worth of back and forth and working on it and doing it. And uh, once we got it figured out, that's the first model. And now they got the second model going. The manufacturing part of that, that's their baby. That's what they're doing. I'm just overseeing it, making sure they're done. And I hope they get a whole fleet of these things going. Because I hope so, too. Were, that makes were, a lot of sense. I'm awesome only concept. assuming that this would be more. Now, we go back to this is in 10, 15 yep. percent. I feel like this is a lot more cost effective than actually setting up yes. a dental office. Yes, absolutely. So the 10 by 30 plus the uh, what you called it, like the charging unit, like it just has uh, has a little bathroom in it, also has a generator in it and all the, and the hose connections. All in all, it was probably going to cost maybe a couple hundred thousand. Don't hold me to that price, but a lot more cost effective than than bricks and mortar. Half a million, a million dollars for a nice dental office. Yeah, yeah. What are the rules now? Because I'm not too familiar with the rules on parking these units. If you Mm -hmm. want to put them on public spots or temporary public, you got to get a permit. You got to get a permit. You also have to get an electrical permit to run power to it. And then you just arrange with the property owner. You have to either lease the space possibly, or they'll just give you permission. They say electrical's on you and your plumbing connection's on you. But the beauty of this is if there's no plumbing, well, it's self-sustained. You we got can, the tanks. We got the tanks. We got all that stuff. We're fine. So, wow. And then he has somebody that goes in that fills it up, services it. 
that's part of the lease for the uh, client, so we don't have to worry about anything except that's keep smart, operating. Man. I, his I hope he does really well. With I this, hope he so. does too. I'm really excited. What, about when's the, it. The, the due date that you guys are going to launch this? Well, I'm hoping early next year. That's okay. my well, maybe sooner, but we're ready in August, so I'd say early next year. Who's building it for you? Who are you getting the it, guys it from? It is actually uh, MC Design and uh, Dentist Concierge. They're doing it. They're doing They're it the too. guys that are I'm working with in Mississauga to, to build these specific things. And then for my other stuff in the GTA, I uh, I partnered with uh, Weeks Construction Group. Okay. They're in Pickering. A guy named Chris Shun does the owner. It was started by his dad, who was an awesome guy, Norm, and he basically took over. He's building more of the smaller cottage type things in his shop. MC Design, Dentist Concierge are doing more that kind of thing. So we're kind of a designer, integrator kind of thing in all, in all of this, and we can arrange to build it should you need so. But eventually my goal is to see where this happens and eventually have like a big factory and start pumping these Just things out. Just churning them out. Yeah, but... The cottage it community, takes time. It's, oh, everything yeah. takes time, yeah, I mean, especially yeah. if it's, everyone's got to adapt it. Correct. That's the yeah. thing. Ten years ago, you were doing two sales calls a, a year, right? Yeah, like, I was getting two sales in a year. <laughs> different world <laughs> now. forget uh, it, yeah. But cottages now, are they embracing them more now? I can yes, assume. Especially, so. I guess, island cottages. Yes. Because then all you really have to do is just set up your foundation, yep. whether it's just concrete or blocks. piers or whatever blocks. That's it. And you barge it in. Yep. It's done. It's done. You drop it in place. Drop it in place. Hook up your power and your uh, plumbing. Off you go. That sounds like it's a lot more cost effective. Yes, very much so. Yeah, then getting all your stuff out there, building it, doing, get Material. it done. Material. Yeah, yeah, everything. Get it done, arrange the transportation, put it into place. Off you go. And I did a, up north is, is I did a couple of those actually. One was in a marina and the other one was just a, just a straight up cottage somebody wanted. Another one was a gentleman up north that had a cottage, want to build one for his daughter. And he said, "Can you make me? Can you make me one that go next to mine? Because this was already done." I said, "Sure." So he did the whole thing and designed it for him. And he is yet to build it. He hasn't built it yet, but uh, design's done, and he's trying to just get all his permitting and everything finished. So he's do- so he's doing an addition for his, and he's also doing a new one for her. For for hers, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he's like, I kind of want to do this, and so the hers is just a simple little eight by forty which is big enough it's more or less like a wheel trailer size you know and that's all your little kitchen a little bathroom a couple of bunks and uh but you can come up and they have their own kind of guest cottage to yeah. his uh this cottage is incredible man is it? Just, yeah. oh my god where's he at it is muskoka area okay kind of in that i don't know the exact coordinates but it's just outside of like the brace bridge and all that uh Got the, yeah, it's around there. Are there things that you're not allowed to do? Like, are you not allowed to paint the exterior certain, or you got to be cautious of that? It doesn't matter. It's metal. Not that I know. It's it been matter. primed. It's yeah. been sealed. So yeah. you can pretty much apply whatever yep. you want. Yep. Pretty to much. It. Yeah. Okay. As long as it doesn't uh, cause any rust or, de- or degrading. Yeah. Uh, because that will structurally uh, compromise it. Well, when but... you cut them open, you have to reprime the cut now, right? Yes. Yeah. You can't leave that bare metal no. because then it will actually... It uh, will degrade over time if you just let it rust and rot away. It's yeah. still metal. So you have to do certain things like you insulate it, you do everything on the inside. And if you want the uh, nice painted on the outside, you insulate the inside. So you lose some headspace, you lose some width, but that's essentially the best way to do it. And then you put some exterior paint. Can, can you walk the listeners through 
how would you make an opening? How would you cut an opening in there? Are you There's using a nice saw blade and sawzall blade? Plasma cutters. Plasma cutters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, so no sawzall blade no, out there. No, 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 no. Plasma cutters, water cutters. Uh, uh, we've used that kind of thing. But mostly plasma cutters. They cut it right up. Because you got to have a nice, sharp, clean cut. Yeah. And then that is your opening. And then everything gets framed inside of the wall. And then it kind of just gets put together as a membrane. And then you put your windows and your door in and all that. But And then if you're doing a full opening because you're joining two together, you have to just structurally enforce it either with a post in the middle or you do some sort of a webbing. So because in the middle, it might bow down over time. So you still have to put some sort of structural sometimes, vertical member? Yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah. It depends on how you want to do it. But if you want to do open concept, for example, you just put two posts on the on either side and you got to still run like a six by six piece of metal across. A header or some a sort. A header, I-beam. Do you have to across. do a bottom one as well too? No. No, no the bottom's the already structurally sound. It's just the top. You gotta watch. Got it. And if you're going something on top of that, then you gotta structurally reinforce it in a way, and then we usually hide that inside of a wall. So we try to keep the aesthetics as much as possible without compromising anything and obviously get certified and let make sure the building code is satisfied with this thing too. And the so. header is what? That comprised of uh, a six by six metal steel? Sometimes, yeah, six by six uh, st- or an I-beam or... Just or, an I-beam. Oh. Yeah, I-beam we've used, uh, we've also used two by eight by quarter inch thick um, steel, but it wasn't an all the way cut. It was like a 15 foot kind of opening and then we had a, the walls on the other side. So we that's the part of the design where we actually do the structural calculations and make sure this is what would be acceptable because that's all the things that the city wants to see. The city wants to see, okay, well, I'm on board. Let me check out what you have and let me see. I want to see the numbers. I want to see everything, make sure this is basically good by our standards. So we still got to go through all the processes traditional, but we're using this method as a more sustainable, cost-effective, and sometimes, most of the time, quicker and uh, better way to live. The whole thing with me is I want to be a person to contribute to housing as much people as I can who don't have much money. One of the things that I'm looking at launching is our collapsible structures where I'm working with a not-for-profit organization. I remember you mentioned on the first yeah, show, the you were talking about Robbie, back yeah. so in Lebanon. You were saying yeah. back home yeah. that, because uh, you, you, that's an issue of yours, which yeah. is totally great, man. Yeah, so we want to, that's my ultimate goal, is yeah. what I want to see, is I want to put a bunch of them on a thing, you set them up over there, and off you go. So Robbie's been doing good. We're trying to work together and doing that. He wants. He's to there, it. right? He's currently in Atlanta, Georgia. So he was in, uh, I believe he was in Japan. Okay. And the COVID stuff happened and all that. And I was talking to him, and he's just like, oh, "I'm coming back to, I'm coming back stateside because <laughs> the whole world's messed yeah, up." Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he came back right when it's starting to rev up. Got it. And he came back, and he's been there more or less ever since. But he is going to be going, I believe, back to Japan next. Interesting guy, and uh, any other not for profit, of course, more than welcome to talk to me. Yeah, and I would love to work with them in some way to try to do this. So, for me, it's more I really want this thing to grow, I really do, and I want to hopefully grow with it. Down the road, actually, Lou is telling me down the road, he's like, Hey, if a big company offers you X amount of dollars, why not? Why not? Yeah, I said, 
yeah, it's not a bad idea. If I build it up to a point, then I can do my yeah, overseas yeah. focus on that stuff. Your, your passion, your heart project. That's yeah. exactly it. That's my passion project. But, yeah. you know, you got to make sure you have money and your family's taken care of first. Of course, so of course. And then, that, and then the good deeds will actually take care correct. of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I was actually going to ask you, because yeah. I, was, I was visualizing it. Mm. Have you ever tackled the, the sea cans and go into a whole circle? Is it possible to wedge them? What do you mean by going? Actually, uh, connect them all together as a wedge and to create a circle out of it. Oh, yeah. I haven't tackled it, but it is possible. Okay. So what it is, you would place them and then your filler parts then you would, would do filler be traditional parts. wood. It. And then you put the studs and put that around. Or you can pre-make them in the shop, but you just got to get shipping walls and everything to all To put them all together. It. And then you just snap them all together. Snap them. I use that term loosely. Snap them all together. Yeah. It is possible to do it that way. Yeah. Are clients asking for the doors to be left? or Yes. Really? Jeff. He wants uh, some of the doors to be left. He wants to But look. left, but they're sealed, right? So they're you sealed. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. But so basically he's saying, turn it around. Let's weld close the doors. Let's paint it. He wants to, basically for the mill project, he wants to show the doors as closed because that gives it that nice modern industrial look. And that's what he wants to preserve. It's a beautiful building. So when it's done, it's going to look really impressive. I'm I would excited. love to do one in yeah. like cottage country. Uh-huh. In a really woodsy kind oh. of area. Yeah. And actually painted camouflage, man. Really? Cool. And like almost like, you know, Predator where it just dis- yeah, yeah, disappears yeah, yeah. in the woods, yeah. right? Neat. And And you'd have to, I don't know, you'd have to have an app with a, a GPS on it to actually yeah, identify yeah, yeah, yeah. where exactly it is, right? That sounds, yeah. Because they would disappear. Like I'm yes. assuming, I mean, there's that trick that we know that if you're backyard and you don't want to see your fence line, mm. you mm. paint your fence black. Because at night when you're hanging out in your backyard... Mm. It's disappeared. You don't. You can't tell that you have a fence now, right? So it's yeah, the same yeah, thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that a lot of people with sea cans, they want to paint them dark colors, mm-hmm. so they can kind of fall like disappear in their backyard or disappear in the location. Mostly they want dark. Yeah, they go yeah. dark gray. Black, you get some bold people black. who want those really bold yellow or really bright yeah, colors yeah, to, yeah. to make a statement out of it. Yeah, yeah. But I think they want it to blend into the surroundings. Yeah, is what they want to do. Yeah. But I haven't seen a container camouflage painted. No, that's to I disappear. <laughs> I'm right. not either. That's a great idea. I don't know. I just, yeah. I'm just thinking about we'll ideas talk, of man. it, right? That's, uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. I like that. Is there anything else, man? I know we're kind of coming to the end a little bit here, but wow. I'm trying to figure um, out if we touched upon everything else, man. This has been great. Yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, I did mobile dental and did all that. And Any questions? I, I'm, I'm I mean, good, I'm just but... trying to think of like more. I mean, I, I don't know if last time we brought it up, skylights. Can mm-hmm. you make ceilings glass, or is that compromising it, or is that allowed? Uh, not necessarily. Depends on how big you do it and how you reinforce it. No, not necessarily. Because I'm, I'm just thinking you can put an exterior staircase or even an interior mm-hmm. staircase and mm-hmm. get up, and then now your roof is your rooftop deck. Yes. Right? Yeah. So you can do all that, basically. Yeah, that was that demo unit, what we were doing. But yeah. the stairs were on the outside, the winding steps. You can do it internally. I did design something where you actually turned it on its side, and that was the staircase. But you can do skylights in them. You just got to just design it and structurally reinforce it. Usually, you uh, you cut it out. You do the you go straight across with two by two, and then you just kind of box it. Then you frame it in on top so of that. So you build a curb? You build a curb, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then you, then you put your studs on top of that. Then you kind of just do it from that way. So I don't think we talked last time or even this time about where do the stairs go? So mm. if you've got a container, let's say it's 20 feet, yeah. it's almost nine feet wide, right. nine and a half tall. Mm-hmm. Where does the stair go to go to the next container above you? So uh, there's two ways to do it. One is you can get a secondary 10-foot container, 
where that becomes your hallway in the front, let's just say. Okay. And then you have, you turn a 40 foot container, a 20 foot container on its side, and that is the stairway unit. Oh. Or two of them. But usually you just turn it on its side and not just. So you go vertical with it. You go vertical with it. And for an elevator shaft as well, like for like a wheelchair lift, you go vertical with it. And then you do it that way. And that's how it gets to. And it gets snapped in. So yeah, yeah, a 20-foot container will get you two stories, but then a 40 will get you four stories. 40 will get you 40 stories. But you said you you don't want to go, you don't like going past three. My sweet spot is three to six. Past that, it starts to get, I would love to do it. It is possible, but it's tough for me to sell this to somebody when he looks at the numbers. Oh, I can get it built for this much traditionally. Yeah. It's not for every single every single application yet, but we'll we'll see. But that one story to six is usually where I is my sweet spot where I like to stay. There's I can always go good more. like that, but I'm just curious on yeah. what what made the mad person who did the London England one. I don't know. I like I, to I, go that high, or it was just they were pushing themselves. Is that what it was? I guess so. Like I, I think it was. Uh, I don't know the reason, but I just I remember year, uh, years ago I saw it, and you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah, I want to check it it's out. It's really neat. It's 15 floors, and I don't know if it still is, but I went, it was one of the tallest in the world for modular structures, and it's a full apartment building. Is it possible to take the container and literally remove all the sides except for the floor and make it all glass? It is. You just so got to reinforce it. You got to reinforce all the corners now. Yeah, the corners, and so let's just say the roof, for example. Every eight to ten feet, you might have to have something across across a cross brace. Yeah, the glass itself won't act as a structure because I know that it, structural glass. When, you, when you're doing glass floors, yeah, it they they told me I don't know mm-hmm. they they just tell me mm-hmm. that it's actually stronger than the wood joists. I haven't worked with those structural glass, so but it could. Okay, but from my experience, you would use you need to cross brace. You still Not have to cross brace. Just maybe one or two of them. You can just blend it in. You paint it a nice color and kind of give it a nice look. But it is possible. That, that, to do that, it. That'll be a cool cottage as well, too. Yeah, like where you remove all. all the sides and. Show, but then again, it's a glass house and. It'll get hot. Where's the bathroom? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna get it'll hot. Get very eh? hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, you put a big bar unit in there. It don't matter. You just put blinds and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. No, I'm just trying. I'm just spinning the wheels, man. I'm mm. trying to figure out what other like applications for it. I want to do it. I want to. I'd love. Trust me, I'd love to build one one day. Oh, okay. I want to figure out how to do it. How to put it together and just yeah. like the idea of a container showing up on a job site yeah. and then just parking it in place right yeah. i should show you my one cottage model where i got a 20-foot container then i got a second 20-foot container opened it up and that's the porch and balcony and then you got that i should show you that one that so you opened it up so you basically removed the top no you removed, removed the two the, sides the two sides yeah and then that's and you attach it to it and it makes a nice modern balcony then i got a winding step on the back goes to the rooftop patio. oh wow it's sexy it looked really nice you that's, got a 3d render of that i do that was one of the models i got for level contracting we're developing that one i like that yeah that's a really nice design. so you could almost take that idea and just make it like a wraparound porch all the way around yeah. the main unit yeah and then you got the unit in the middle and it's I love it. It's my passion. I've yeah. been doing it for many years, almost a decade, and every paid my dues, so to speak, to a certain degree. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's. I'm really excited about what happens in the future. I hope that uh, I could still do it, and I grow, and the industry grows, and 
off we go. How's, how's there all the other architects and engineers out there? Because I know that we met, mm-hmm. it was at a blue-green group. Yes. Like, but they're not, a lot, they're not around anymore. Right. Greg's teaching at Ryerson. Okay. And, and so, but I know that that's how we met. Mm-hmm. And I'm just trying to think of, like, are you still communicating with other people? I guess, so, like, on digitally, you're just talking to people that way? Try, yeah. 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 So uh, mainly with architects and engineers, I'm with Archisystem. We're a group of companies inside the... Uh, uh, office there. However, other architects and engineers, I'm happy to talk to them, and they've kind of developed some things. Like earlier, uh, the original one I told you about, where you stack and you got the middle membrane. Yeah, yeah. I developed that with Peter Gabor of Gabor Architects. He okay. was in downtown Toronto. Uh, well, he was Eglinton and Young at the time, and uh, I'm not sure if he's still practicing or not. But uh, hats off to Peter. I haven't talked to him in a bit. But that was his original uh, vision for this thing. He did Those, those, those events were good because the yeah. thing is you can actually meet someone like yourself mm-hmm. and just start picking your brain and just yeah. trying to figure out, well, maybe they can give me a seed and I'll give them a seed and it'll contribute to what I'm working on and yeah. vice versa. Yeah, yeah so. well, it's proven it's worked. This yeah, that's, that, and the podcast is the same thing too. And that's, that's what I yeah. like about it. So I want yeah. more and more people that are listening to actually inquire, reach out to you, find out and then maybe mm-hmm. some clients will go, you know, what let's consider this yeah as one of the options man. i'm, I'm totally up is. to it so is any other questions I'm no all i got all left yours. is the dozen question of uh, of construction there okay. i don't think i don't think you ever answered these no not yet no I'm, i shoot. think this is a first time for you I'm excited. right so yeah okay but before we get into that i, I, I mm-hmm. again triple w acadmodular.com mm-hmm. and then you can reach him at his email at adnan at acadmodular.com mm-hmm. and also on facebook and instagram mm-hmm. I-A-N. Yeah, and also ACAD module has an Instagram page. ACAD, oh, separate. That's right, you do. Oh, yeah, I do. Sorry. Yeah, that's my personal. But That's I your personal something. one. But yeah, yeah, so it's ACAD modular. ACAD underscore modular. Under, yeah, okay. yeah, for both. 12 hmm. questions of construction. Let's do it. What is your favorite construction word? Favorite construction word? Word. Related to the construction industry. It, uh, yeah. A lot of people jump the gun and... and start using profanity at this point. Uh, that what came across my But mind. that's the first question. But that, that question would, comes along, but... I would say design. Design. That's my favorite construction word, design. What is your least favorite construction word? It's two words. Effing idiot. Mm. That's my that's my least favorite one. You hear it a lot on site. It's, right? yeah, it's also a position on the job force. Yeah. It's a label. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what turns you on in construction? Seeing the design come to life. Paper to? Paper to in front of my face. It's always been since I be, the beginning, seeing it come to fruition. But there are those moments where it's a little, like, it's not turning out exactly the oh, same. Yeah. Or you <laughs> oh, get a little yeah. nervous, and then all of a sudden, Stress, wait a minute. nervous. On, on, on paper, on paper, this was working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. 100%. <laughs> what yeah. turns you off in construction? Difficult clients. I'm not going to lie to you. That, that really... But it's part of the job. Uh, what is your favorite curse word or phrase? You don't have to say it because we've been keeping mm. this show very, very clean. Mother effer. Ah, there you Mother go. One. Everyone knows what that one is. <laughs> what is your favorite car, truck, or bike, or vehicle? Any, Anything. Like, Could be a bicycle, too. Uh, no, I'm going to say um, Rolls-Royce Corniche. You, just, <laughs> you can't beat that. I hope to own one one day. But just you're, something about that. You're just, just starting at the elegant. bottom, huh? Yeah. It's just elegant. I love it. Like, if I had to pick any of them, it would be that one. It's beautiful, yeah. but it's also beautifully priced. $500,000. Uh, uh, what is your but least favorite it. car, truck, bike, vehicle? I would say Chrysler. I'm sorry. I've just had... Not, any Chrysler? Not any Chrysler, but the Chrysler sedans i think were the least favorite that was one of my first cars my dad had one 
It was just a f- with Corinthian leather. Oh yeah, it was just it just <laughs> bounced f- bounced like a freaking thing. Yeah, I drove when I was eighteen. It was not, yeah, I'd say that one. Yeah. yeah, my dad had a brown like a ship brown Monte Carlo station wagon. No, oh, okay, two door. Oh, sorry, uh, the wagon. four-door no. station wagon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I still remember I was 13 years old, mm-hmm. and he let me drive it because he wanted to start teaching me how to drive. Mm-hmm. And it, it was one of those station wagons that had the spare tire wheel well sticking out on the one side. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know and so things. he's a bricklayer, and so he built a brick <laughs> wall along the driveway, and I somehow got the car on an angle going back into the driveway, yeah. and I tore off that whole wheel well. And Lena's to say, that was the last time I touched the car. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? I don't know. I just like the sound of a drill. It's just... Any drill? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a nice Makita or something. Just I don't know why. I, I, I just like it because it's just you know satisfying sound. I like nice. that. What construction sound or noise do you hate? Jackhammer. Loud. Loud, annoying, jackhammer. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Any profession? Any profession. I would love to be a chef at a fan, at a restaurant. Yeah, I love to cook. It's one of my. Oh yeah. I, I, I probably would have. I probably would have done something in culinary. Culinary yeah, arts. Yeah, eh? I enjoy it. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. What profession would you never like to do? I would never like to do. Mm-hmm. Digging ditches. It's hard work. Yeah, nothing wrong with it, but I'm just, I hard would work. Never want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And the last question: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. Welcome. You did well. <laughs> thank you very much thank you man so i really awesome. appreciate you coming back on the show yep. and, and I, I encourage everybody to go out and and check them out adnan 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 www.acadmodular.com yep a-D-N-A-N at acadmodular.com. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the two Instagram and Facebook. Two of them? Or is it just the one? Uh, no, yeah, I got the Instagram, two. Instagram, you Insta- got the two. Yeah, yeah I got two. I got a, uh, A-C-A-D underscore modular dot, uh, at A-C-A-D underscore modular. And then my first and last name, Adnan Zabian on Zabian. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. So... It's good to see you again, man. Yeah, I really likewise. appreciate you coming I'm, back. I always love having this conversation yeah, because I'm will, fascinated by this. I will gladly and, come back. Anytime. And I love that the world is embracing it. And I'm finally happy that Canada is embracing this. Yes. And I love to hear that you're speaking to architects and builders in London and also here yeah. in Toronto and Windsor. Like I yeah. love hearing about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that any young contractors out there that are listening, you guys should consider this. Reach out, pick his brain, by and just means, if you got a client, anytime. sell it. Like yeah. just maybe plant a seed to the client and go, you know what? Maybe you want to consider something modular. Yeah. yeah. And then Our, speak to so-and-so and I'll bring in so-and-so. And that's how it goes. Yeah. Our office is in Brampton and call me. My contact information is on the website. A-C-A-D-M-O-D-U-L-A-R.com. Perfect. There it is. So. Thanks, everybody. Thank I just you, want man. to remind everybody again, don't forget awesome. the skills, contempt- uh, skills contest competition. To enter, send me an email at info at theconstructionlife.com. And thanks for listening so much. Thank you, Thank you very much, man. Appreciate we'll tune it. in next week.